0: Hey, it's Mark Striegel. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Rock Podcast. I'm once again joined by Joey Haney. Joey, how are you, man?
1: Doing good, Mark. How about yourself?
0: Good, good. I'm excited because we have a a short but, but good interview today. We haven't had an interview on the Talking Rock Podcast in quite some time. So we have David Bickler, who was one of the singers of Survivor and the guy who sang on possibly one of the biggest rock songs of all time. I mean, I'm not I'm not out of my element or I'm not incorrect in saying that, right? I mean, Eye of the Tiger, that is one of the biggest songs of of the rock era, I would think, wouldn't you?
1: As top 5 arena songs <laughs> yeah. hands hands down, hands down and that that goes through uh, regular sports, sports entertainment. It's an icon song. It's it's up there with any of the bigs, the Queen songs, Rock and Roll Part Two. It's up there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I tell you what, let's get right into some music by by David, and then we're gonna come back and chat a little bit. Um, so we'll hear some new music by David. We'll hear an interview that I did with David, followed by a uh, a classic. The song we were just talking about and then joey and i will come back and uh, talk some more rock so here we go a little new music by david Bickle
2: it's lost, lost that innocence
0: It's Mark Striegel of the Talking Rock Podcast, and what an honor, on the phone, a voice that we've all heard many, many times speaking with us today, Dave Bickler. How are you, Dave?
3: I am good, and the honor is all mine. Thank you.
0: We just heard the song Hope off the album Dark Light, and wow, man, it sounds fantastic. And this is really your first solo album. I mean, you've done so much throughout your career, but... This is the first time you've actually released a solo album under your name. What made 2019 the right time for a solo album?
3: It, it was done. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> no, it, it was. It was kind of a long process. It took. It took me. You know, to, to, to by myself. But and I, I had a lot of songs. I'd done a lot of projects. I recorded a lot of stuff. I had bands. You know, that people had didn't hear of or whatever. But I just decided that I was going to really get really serious about it. And, and and uh, doing it by myself, I had to figure out a way to do it, and and you know, I, I, it was done in pieces, sort of. But but uh, you know, the result, I, I found really good people to work with. So what I what what I ended up with, I was I'm really pleased with. So I, I thank you for that.
0: Yeah, and it has a real warm, real sound. Uh, so I'm you know guessing there's no drum machines or anything like this on on the album. At, it's organic, ab- I guess is a word.
3: Absolutely not. <clears throat> no no drum machines. Uh, that's a Ryan Hoyle. Uh, He's the drummer. He played with Collective Soul, also toured with Paul Rogers. And a friend of mine turned him on to me uh, because I was looking for a drummer first. And, you know, I couldn't have asked for anyone better. He was just so much fun to work with, such a a great musician. And, uh, you know, also his his drum studio, where we recorded those drums, it was a fantastic place. It was a lot of fun. So, and yeah, everything's very analog on this album. It's digitally recorded, but all analog gear up in front.
0: I hear you. And what about some of the other musicians on the album that join you? Guitar, bass, keyboards.
3: Yeah, the bass. Uh, bass. Uh, mo- many of the bass parts were Brad Smith. He, if you uh, heard of the band Blind Melon, he, he's a friend of Ryan. So he was out there, and he came down to the studio, and he ended up playing. You know all those wonderful bass tracks on there, and then Stephen Diacudas, who played almost all of those guitars. Uh, he also the producer, and that's at Soundspot Productions. And uh you know in in the uh, new jersey where i found him and he he helped me finish the album so that was uh it was uh, it was, a, it was a really a lot of fun you know to do that
0: absolutely dave and obviously we know your voice from survivor i mean the band that you've been in and out and in and out of <laughs> numerous times what what yeah. made what made that relationship work and not work because it seems like obviously there there was some some tension there but in some ways did that make you guys make good music together you follow what I'm saying I don't know but maybe (laughs) maybe tension maybe tensions required. I mean it's certainly
3: you know uh, uh, every band you know you you, you're all striving together and everybody's got their own interests as well and you're together a lot you're you're in close proximity that can cause problems and it and it and it did and you know, various things happened to me. I had problems with my vocal cords, you know, and and and, and then when I left Survivor I thought, Oh yeah, I'll never go back to that again. But then come nineteen ninety three I ended up going back with the band for, for quite a long time, it was like six years. And then uh again back in twenty thirteen I'm back in Survivor with but that was with Jimmy Jameson singing together, which was it was really great.
0: And you guys, you and Jimmy, got along well. I mean, because obviously you were on different yeah. albums back in the in the heyday. You know,
3: at first I really, really uh, didn't like him because <laughs> right. hey, he took my job. But we got to be really good friends, and, and that that's was awesome. uh, that was that was really fun singing together with Jimmy. That's the, that's the reason I I went back to do it again. It's because the opportunity to sing with Jimmy Jameson He was great.
0: And besides the work that you've done with Survivor through the years, there's, I mean, we've heard your voice probably in a lot of other places that we haven't even realized. I mean, there's been TV work, there's been uh, promo commercial work. Um, were, were you living off of basically being like a session guy for, for a while? Yes,
3: yes. It paid well and it was reliable. Unlike you know in the rock and roll business you know you never know there's all kinds of sets of books that people keep but in the in the jingle business you know if you go in and you do a commercial it's through the you know Screen Actors Guild or American Federation of Radio and Television Artists they get the check check comes in the mail you know it's like that so yes it did it supported me a lot. And I did hundreds of those commercials that people never would never be aware of that I was on, including I, I actually did a Memorex commercial where I broke the glass, you know, and oh. I was saying for you, is it live or is it Memorex? And right. you I broke a glass. Right so like on. all kinds of crazy stuff. And, well, and then the real men of genius.
0: Of yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, the Budweiser real men of genius, which I used to just love those, those spots and commercials. And I had no clue that that was the same guy who – Sang "Eye of the Tiger," you know, no clue, no clue. So that, yeah, I,
3: I a lot of people didn't realize it, and and I was just a, I was playing a role in that thing. You know, we my my partner Pete Stacker, who was the voiceover guy, so, was such a hilarious guy, and you know, so, his voice is so so funny. So I had we had a lot of fun doing that. There, they were like little sitcoms we made. Each each one of those little uh, little little. Deals that we did. These one of those commercials.
0: Yeah, and th- those were great. Are those still running? I, I haven't heard of one in a little They're while. Not, but you yeah.
3: know, it's it's amazing because they still play them. Like the radio stations, will play them just because they want to.
0: <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's
3: <laughs> which is kind of unusual.
0: Yeah, that's that's hilarious. So, I know you get this asked this question probably all the time, but one of the most iconic rock songs, really, truly of all time, is the song "Eye of the Tiger," the song that you sang so brilliantly um what are your first memories of this song coming about now there's been rumors on the internet that that sylvester Stallone actually went after you guys to do this and he had he he was a fan of survivor what do you remember of this song coming coming about
3: yeah i'll give you the quick story he uh that's just his new tony scotty we were on scotty brothers records distributed by epic and so he said, "I'm looking for a band. I'm looking for a song for the for the beginning sequence of the movie. Uh, you have a band, you know, any bands in your roster?" Because they were friends. And he played them our second album, Premonition. He said, "That's good. I like these guys. Can they do me write me a song?" So it came along to us this offer, and we were like, "What, really?" And uh, the songwriters, which was Jim Peter and Frank Sullivan, went in a room for a couple of days and came up with that song. They, they they did get to see a little bit of film from that movie or the opening part of it. I I never did at that time. We did in the studio. I learned. The, I learned the song in the studio. Everybody did. We all learned it that that day. Cut it, and uh, off it went. He liked it, and off it went. And next thing you know, it's in the movie.
0: One of the the biggest movies of of its time to Rocky Three, what, what do you yeah, do great Do you remember going into the movie theater and sitting down and seeing it? Because I remember as I was in seventh grade at the time and I'll never forget going to see that movie. I know exactly the place I saw it and I remember the exact time in the movie that song came on and it just sent chills up my spine. Uh, what was it like for you as the guy who sang on that song to actually see it on the big screen and hear it on the big screen?
3: Yeah, after the first thing and after the song and the and that opening fight sequence, everybody clapped and and
0: and cheered,
3: and I was like, "Oh man, this this is the best promotional device of all time," <laughs> you know, for a song. It was it, it was uh, you know, got it you couldn't have done anything more to like promote that song because that was a very popular franchise. With yeah, Rocky Three and the Whole Rocky thing.
0: Absolutely. Great stuff. And you are out there still doing your thing today. You are playing gigs and doing tours, and I I would know we're going to hear some of your great music, I'm sure, at some of these live gigs, great new music off the Dark Light record. I'm sure we get the classics, too, in the the set.
3: Yes, yes.
0: (laughs) And where uh, where are you playing uh, coming up?
3: The the next show I have is in Santiago, Chile, on the twentieth wow. of May. Okay. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, like a singer fest, but I'm you know I'm going to I am going to get to play Hope. That will be one of the songs I play in my, in the set. And cool. Some Survivor. Song Great song. As well, yeah. and uh, there's another there's another thing, Rock the Classic in France. That's June twentieth, I think. It it is it isn't up uh, uh on the board yet, but it it, it will be soon. And uh, then I have another one another festival in in Sweden in uh, in July.
0: Cool. Any dates in the states at this point, or, or not, yet. not I, yet? I'm
3: working. I'm working on that. Yeah, I'm working on that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We'd
0: we'd love to see you in the New York, uh, New Jersey, Connecticut area. You know, you, you know what would be great for you, like the the Mohegan Sun Casino up in uh, C- Connecticut. They get some great bands yeah. in there. I I, and I I heard they pay well too. I don't know if that's true, but.
3: I played there several times. Yeah, <laughs> with Survivor. Yeah, so I I know it well. And uh, yeah, was it the Wolf spinner, is that what the, the, the yes, the, the, yeah, yeah, the, 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 the venue there? It's it's very cool. It's a very yeah. cool place to play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll
0: reach out. <laughs> awesome, cool. Well, we encourage all the Talking Rock listeners to check out the new record, Dark Light. And again, we'll have links up for that in the show notes on TalkingRock.net. And Dave, it's been an honor. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us here today.
3: Pleasure was all mine, Mark. Thanks, man.
0: Eye of the Tiger by Survivor it doesn't get any more epic than that Joey and a big thanks to David Bickler for joining us on today's episode of Talking Rock I I I just loved that song I mean I have specific memories of seeing Rocky 3 in the movie theater and that song just taking over not only rock radio but pop radio and everything back in that uh time frame I'm guessing it had to be around what 1983 I'm thinking um
1: yeah 83 and yeah. it was still huge by 84 i mean it just yeah. it had i mean you talk about it's a definition of legs as they say in the industry right
0: right and to this day i mean i'll, I'll go into uh you know a, a store and you know they have music playing in the background and there it is you know it's still it's still a great song that that so many generations love i mean my my son my younger son grant loves that song and he's eight years old so the power of music man uh great stuff great stuff so it's been a while since we've done a show uh joe any any uh developments any news items that you would like to uh chat about and sorry to put you on the spot but
1: no, no, actually, I mean, there's a little bit of a tie-in to the last episode we did. Uh, you know, I, one of the things we kind of talked about briefly, or not briefly, but one of the things we talked about was that Woodstock fifty show, and it looks like right. as of now, it's it's probably not happening.
0: Right, and yeah. it's
1: been, that. so one side said it's been canceled, and the other side is like, no, we're still going to try to make it happen. But uh, one of the industry stories I read about it Said that they would have had to draw like close to a hundred thousand people to the site to b- break any kind of even,
0: right? Right, so
1: I think it's as good as canceled at this point. So, did you happen to see that that happened? Well, I, 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 I did how-
0: see that it happened. It seems suspicious to me that you know, I, I guess back uh, some of the sponsors or backers were pulling out, and yeah, man, it just I, I don't know, it just seemed like it was going to be really far fetched to get. Um, get people there especially it was nowhere near the original woodstock location nowhere near new york city uh so i i don't know i mean i can't say i'm i'm shocked or surprised for that for that matter uh or 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 disappointed or disappointed yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, i
1: mean we've got i mean you know the Festival culture is decently healthy in America, for sure, so we didn't need another boring one. We've got Coachella for that, you know
0: right so, right and and you know as as much as Coachella gets criticized, it does seem <laughs> like they have created an atmosphere that people wanna go to you know it's 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 and I think that's part of what's important about these festivals a yeah, the music is the most important thing, obviously. But a a close second to that is the atmosphere, the community, the vibe, the, you know, and whether it's Coachella or M3 or or Heavy Montreal, you know, or what are some of the other big ones? I guess Rock Rock on the Range still going? That's still going. there's,
1: There's like that group, there's like the company, and I'm sorry I don't remember the name, but there's like a company that, owns like like those six to seven like rock festivals hard rock festivals that you you see now like carolina rebellion is one of them there's rock on the range i think is still going on and that's all owned by the same people so it's kind of the same lineup usually every year you know like for each city that it's in but you know at least it's something and there's that one in i think tennessee coming up this summer that looks really good yeah. Uh, I forget the name of that one also. I'm ill-prepared to talk about festivals apparently, but yeah, there's yeah. that one that has like Guns N' Roses playing at it. Right, right, like, well, right, right, Yeah, I just of think it's that, uh, so important.
0: Yeah, definitely, and it's so important to have this sense of of community uh, around these festivals, and I think sometimes that takes a few years to build up. Um, the Woodstock lineup that they had seemed to be all over the place to me and a bit weird, and I mean, I'm am a I'm a big music guy, and I wasn't at all interested in going to it, so
1: yeah, it just seemed know. massively pedestrian, like I said before, so
0: yeah, yeah, definitely, um, so what shows you got coming up? any anything good on the agenda?
1: Oh goodness, yeah, I mean, as of uh next week, uh myself and my better half were going to Vegas, and we, initially we we're actually going uh for a wrestling show, which was a big deal for us. It's okay. uh, this big launch show for this new promotion, however. We found out at the same time we were going to be out there that the Punk Rock Bowling Festival was going to be taking place Memorial Day weekend out in Las Vegas as well. So it's, it's a really nice mix of new, old, and middle era punk rock. Uh, you know, the, the bigger acts there being bands like Rancid and The Specials, Descendants, The Hives, Refused, all the way down to The Stranglers. Killing joke, the damned, exploited, murder city devils, undertones. I mean, this thing is packed. And uh, we just were like, hey, we're going to be there. Screw it. Let's just go. You know, so we're going to have this great. Uh, speaking of Eye of the Tiger, which was a big deal in the early days of rock and wrestling, we're going to have a big rock and wrestling weekend coming up in Vegas next week.
0: Cool. So. Well, have fun, man. That sounds like a blast. You know what? Speaking of Vegas, uh, a festival that I, there's probably no way I can attend this just because I have. Heavy Montreal happening. And um, we may, may head out to Los Angeles for KISS uh, in September. So I if and if I'm doing both those things, there's absolutely no way I can go to this. But Psycho Vegas um, is a festival that's happening in August. And I think the lineup is absolutely amazing. A lot of Sludge and Doom bands, but some really like cool other bands too, like Megadeth and... Arthur Brown, The Crazy World of Arthur Brown. I mean, how old is Arthur Brown? He's got to be like 90. I mean, it's insanity. Electric Wizard, High on Fire. Oh. Um, Graveyard, The Crazy World of Arthur Brown. Protrobadour, which uh, you know that guy, Petrubador? Um He played uh, oh. up in Heavy Montreal. He's like a, a kind of like a dark uh, gothic DJ guy. Uh, Bad Religion, oh. Fu Manchu. Goat whore, gob the, the uh, nothing. Yeah, I love nothing. Yeah, Mark Lanigan is playing the obsessed, of course, with the uh, Wino, um, who I just interviewed on Talking Metal. Opeth, Beach House, Def Haven. I mean, this Megadeth. This is uh, Andrew WK. Uh, really power impressive. Trip? Yeah. yeah, man. I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm really digging what they have going on. Croason of Conformity, Lucifer, who had a, a good album out. Uh, either earlier this year late last year so much good stuff this is a very interesting festival and uh man i i'd love i'd love to attend it but i I don't think it's gonna work into my uh my schedule carcass clutch i mean it just goes (laughs) on and on Uh, it's
1: it's four days and uh, the uh that's a four-day festival uh the first day is kind of a light launch with a few bands and the djs and stuff yeah, I wish uh, my friends Pinkish Black were playing out there. they got a new album coming out this year, and that festival will be perfect for them because they actually opened some shows for Arthur Brown a couple of years ago. That's how I knew that Arthur was still doing gigs. <laughs> right,
0: wow. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> Cra- nice. crazy stuff. Um, just flipping over to the Blabbermouth headlines for today. Let's see if we have anything notable that we could talk about. Oh, you know what? Uh, Iron Maiden, Bruce Dickinson, Unveils Trooper Sun and Steel uh Saki infused lager. I don't know. That could be that could be great or or terrible. Now you you, you don't drink Joey, do you? No, I, I'm a straight edge guy, but I don't you know,
1: everybody it's it's your life, you know, I'm not gonna preach to you or anything like that. I'm right. not like Gene Simmons or anything, so
0: Right. Well, this this uh, we're just all over the place here, but this headline uh, of Bruce revealing the unveiling the new Trooper and Son and Trooper Son and Steel Sake Infused Lager reminds me that last night my wife and I watched Scream for Me, Sarajevo. Um, have you heard oh, about yeah. this documentary? No, I have not. It's it's interesting, and I'll give you my honest review of it. It is about Bruce Dickinson playing in Sarajevo. Uh, during the war back in the 90s like 93-esque maybe 94 i don't know Um, and it's an interesting documentary and I've, i've heard a lot about it and there's really good parts about it it's it and there's some parts that aren't so good um it's it's a tough watch obviously you know there are people getting killed. There is bombing going on. There's brutal footage of a, of a little boy getting murdered. Uh, it's, it's tough. But during all this chaos that was going on there, Bruce went in with his solo band and, and played a show. And it is an amazing story about how they got to the country. And they basically had to go right through the middle of the you know war and the front lines to get to the venue to play. And so they go into the whole story. Um, it takes a while to get to Bruce. Uh, you know, they—they, they, I think they do a poor job at kind of setting it up. There are numerous weird, like journalists and photographers, and a guy from the UN talking about what was going on in the country at that point. And they don't really do a good job. They kind of assume that everyone knows. Okay, there was religious tensions, the Kurds, the Bosnians, and all that stuff. And I, I still, after watching it. it need to go to wikipedia to figure out what the hell was going on in sarajevo at that time i know you too had that song miss sarajevo and there was some yeah. uh, you know uh, beauty contest that was going on during the war so this kind of fits into that same type of vibe that bruce dickinson goes and plays there during this time but there's a lot of stuff it just it doesn't i don't know it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me I, so i wish they would have done a clearer job at setting up what the conflict was within the country because it's, uh, it's not fully explained in basic, basic terms. And maybe, maybe it was so complicated. You can't explain it in basic terms to give them the benefit of the doubt. There's other production value stuff. That's a little weird. Like a lot of it is subtitled because these people don't speak English over there. And the subtitles are like very hard to read. I mean, they don't, they're like white. (laughs) And sometimes there'll be like a, a, a piece of white in the actual shot and they have the oh. subtitles over it and so you can't it like blends in and you can't read it like they should have uh, not to get into editing nerdiness but they should have put like a, a a plate or a basic shadow behind the 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 graphics <laughs> so people can actually read it all the time so there's little things it, like that um and then but the is not
1: flip- like uh isn't like the coloring like day one of post when yeah you like yeah that stuff
0: yeah, so it's a little all over the place, the documentary, um, but there are some really moving parts and powerful parts too. So I would say, you know, if you're a hardcore Bruce Dickinson fan, definitely watch it. If you're like, oh, I want to rock out and hear some Bruce music and Maiden music, I mean, maybe not for you. It's, I mean, there is a little bit of that in there, but it's, it's more about the story of the of these people and some a specific group of rock fans over there so i, I don't know it's a little all over the place I, I would give it like a six out of ten i guess you know if you're if you're a bruce fan i give it a six out of ten if you're not sure. a bruce fan i wouldn't really bother watching it that's uh, so, so there, what's, there you go
1: so what's uh bruce's role in this whole thing is it just a gig for him or was it like an important deal that he'd go there personally
0: no it it seems like it was just a gig for him you know and and no one was playing over there at that time you know and (laughs) gotcha and you know he seems like he's a bit of an adrenaline junkie so they asked him to come over and 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 he he went for it knowing Mm -hmm. that a war was going on there but not knowing uh how rough it was going to be when he got there that's kind of the overall um vibe of it he thought he would get there and he you know he had a, a private jet out of the UK and he was going to land in there and they were going to have a helicopter that took him right to the gig but they got there and the helicopters weren't there because there was too much gunfire and oh. it was going to be too dangerous to ride in a helicopter so they have to get in the back of this like i guess it's like a UN vehicle and go through the war torn country to get to the gig and blah 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 oh. and so on and so on so yeah so it, it it's it's uh I don't know. It seems like it could have been a really good good documentary, but they I think they missed the mark just just a little bit. But like I said, for any hardcore Bruce Dickinson fan like myself, I would definitely suggest checking it out. Um Thanks. with low expectations. And if you're sure. not a Bruce Dickinson fan, it's probably not gonna be for you. Um one of my I, favorite Go ahead one of my favorite documentary moments
1: was in uh Sam Dunn's Flight Six Six Six. And they're interviewing that fan. I, I want to say, then forgive me if I'm wrong, like, you know, one of those kind of real rough places to live in, like South America or something mm-hmm. like that. And the guy's like, this is a big deal for us. We live in the ass of the world, and they come to see us. Right. right, <laughs> right? I vaguely remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Good stuff. Definitely. Uh, Maiden coming around again this this summer. I'm excited to see them. I believe it's in july in brooklyn new york it should be uh a good time it always is at a maiden show have you seen maiden oh
1: goodness yeah i saw i one of my favorite times to go see him was actually during the 99 reunion and i saw him at this really small place like this is a the place they would have played with blaze not bruce and and just you know no offense but it was a place called the Bronco Bowl. It was like a 3,500-seat right. theater, if that. And, you know, they had the tapestries out and everything. It was like a, like a maiden show just in this, like, smaller place. Wow. And it was, like, one of the first gigs back with Bruce. Oh, and it okay. was just amazing. We were, I mean, we weren't front row. We were, like, on the side bleachers next to the speakers, pretty close to the front row. Like, we could slap hands with anybody who came to that side. And it was just an amazing gig. I still have a physical set list that Yannick handed to me after the show. I mean, it was so great. And like if you go look at the set list from the Ed Hunter tour, that's that's what we saw for sure. And I just remember going with my friend Logan and, you know, I think they, they opened up with Ace is High. I think Two Minutes to Midnight was the next song, and then they did Wrath Child on the third song, and by the third song, we uh-huh. kinda of looked at each other like, man, like we got to hit that second wind already. Like we were just spent by then, you know, it was just such a killer show. And, you know, we got to discover that he was going to play some of the blaze songs too. And yeah, they went over pretty well.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, because they've even gone back and released some live versions of the blaze era songs with, with Bruce singing lead. I feel like, I feel like Maiden's kind of, not real proud of those recordings and they they may they may say differently in public but i don't know man it's like i saw you know i i I saw maiden during the blaze era at a a place called roseland in new york city and i also saw black sabbath at that same venue around the same time with um uh, tony martin uh playing and Geezer was actually back in the band at that point but both two very weird shows in in the 90s you know to to see I remember seeing Blaze try to do Hollow Be Thy Name and he just and all the Bruce stuff he just struggled so much with at that particular concert that I saw and it it was bad it was bad he wasn't good um at that show uh and similar vibe with Tony Martin I mean it was like I remember them doing, like, uh, I think it was Symptom of the Universe, and it sounded musically just so perfect. Geezer back in the band and Iommi, and he had that that tone that he had on Sabotage, the Tony Iommi, unmistakable guitar tone. And then when when Tony Martin started singing, it was just such a letdown and really wasn't... uh, really uh doing justice to the song at all so very very strange eras for for both those bands uh back in the 90s and and I'm glad I got to see them both with with Blaze and Anthony Martin I I can't say that it was a great memory but it was definitely an interesting memory and and something I I definitely cherish um for better or worse if that makes yeah. any sense I don't know
1: it- yeah, I've seen. I've actually I've seen two of the three maiden singers. I actually saw Paul Diano's solo show yeah, about I've ten years Paul, ago. Yeah,
0: I've seen Paul solo too.
1: Yeah, so you know, and and that's that's a nice full circle right there. Talking about replacement singers a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah. From you know, since we did the Survivor chat, and uh, right, there's yeah. a guy who was famously replaced, you know, which is crazy. Like when I was a kid, like that was Survivor is definitely one of my earliest musical memories. And when they brought in Jimmy Jameson, I had zero clue that they had hired a new singer. It's just bizarre to me to think about that, but that's absolutely true. Even in the video age, they totally fooled me. Right on,
0: yeah, yeah. And
1: that ever happened to you besides that? Like, I I mean, Uh, you know, like being fooled? I don't know. not, Not fooled, but like, like almost like you didn't even like bands like that. And like I said, we're in the video age, which is weird. You would think it's easier to do that in the radio era you know sixties, right. 70s but like I, I i was struggling to cope with anybody else that did it besides survivor
0: right it well i mean there's there a and lot it, of that stuff too where you had even you know people's pictures on the record that weren't actually on the record i mean you can go back to you know look at diary of a madman that that pressing you know yeah. it had it had uh rudy sarzo and um you know tommy aldridge on that and they yep. they didn't even play on that so you know yep. it was uh yeah. yeah a different white snake of course you know after the self-titled big 1987 album came out you know in the the video you had all these guys that didn't even play on the on the record you know it's kind of r- funny and ridiculous in a way but yeah. but uh but yeah yeah i hear what you're saying
1: um i think it's got to be the most one of the more successful like high profile switches that you know, like I said, I, maybe I'm the only one that got fooled by this. It's very possible. Right. I was I was like five or six years old. So, hey. Right.
0: Right <laughs> on. Cool. Well, I'm going to uh, have to kill it there, Joey, because somebody is knocking at my door and my dog is barking. So I'm going right, to have to kill it there. But as always, it is great talking rock with you. And uh, let's do it again real soon. Maybe next week.
1: All right, man. Sounds good. Have a good one. Okay. You too.